0: System. Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank
1: you.
2: and indecent material
0: this is the adam sank show if it's in my hand i'm gonna
2: suck it powered by dnr studios <laughs> and now
0: the
1: one, the
3: only, adam sank!
2: what
0: what yes it's me i'm back i'm live i'm here i'm queer Get used to me. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We're coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, August 22nd. God damn it, the summer's almost over. Uh, In the year of the coronavirus at dnrstudios.com, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Please, please, you don't do this enough, people. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this thing. I've gotten like two reviews in the past six months. Cut the shit. There are like thousands of you who listen and I've gotten like 170 reviews. That's not that's not a good uh, percentage. It takes 2 seconds. Do it. Email me, me at adamadams@.com. At if you're listening live, hey, you can call in and talk to us at 844-825-5367 even though let's be honest, phone calls rarely happen these days and I'm okay with it. Because I plan for a certain amount of material to take up an hour and if you call, I'm going to cut something. So I really don't call. Uh, Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums. Most importantly, get your official ass merch, T-shirts, tank tops, even an iPhone case. Uh, The link to all that is just adamsank.com. And no matter what else you do, even more important than leaving me a review, answer the census and register to vote. Visit vote.org and 2020census.gov for complete information. Today, our guest is a returning champion to the Adam Sank Show, the very sexy Greg Scarnici, who has written a new... uh, gay porn magazine parody called Hot Rods. It's a very strange project. Uh, we'll be telling you more about it later. But first, Ryan is off this week doing something that probably involves his butt. So now it is my great pleasure to welcome a first timer to the ass and our very first Australian, the ridiculously tall
1: Damien Kington. Hello. Damien. I'm really not that ridiculously tall. 6'6". Six, six. That's pretty I've fucking tall. seen a lot tall. taller.
3: No, you're, you're ridiculously tall. Really? Uh, yeah, I am the tallest person out of everyone I meet. I'm the six foot. Okay. When so... I hug
0: you, Damien, I have to like really reach up. I have to get on my tiptoes.
3: What, before I push you away? <laughs>
0: yes. By the way, if you want to know about Damien and me and our, the history of our relationship, basically everything I say, Damien meets me with an insult, usually involving <laughs> usually involving my being a giant slut
1: comes from you're you're proud to be a giant slut though like i i'm just holding a mirror up adam that's all i'm doing
0: but literally like i can be like uh damien um i just talked to my mom and my dad's not feeling well right now and he'll be like of course he's of course he's not you're his son you know like just anything no matter how serious or sad you're you're
1: making me way funnier than i am
3: Isn't that just the Australian humor, though? Don't you it, guys just rip each other? It is. Right? It's, okay. it's, it's yeah. all
1: about the ribbing. Double B, not double yeah. M. It's all about the ribbing. But Even also the, UK, the rimming. <laughs> the
0: Australians are good at both. <laughs> <laughs> ribbing ribbing and rimming. No, but I do think that you, you have a shady culture.
1: It is shade. It, it is built on shade, yes. Well, it's very hot, very sunny, so you need the shade, you know? see what
0: you did there. That's why I've got him guest co-hosting. And Damien, you're an actual listener of the ass, yes? I
1: am. I am. Hello to the other listener out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see what I have to put up with? She's such a cunt. Um, also with us, as always, is our producer, the queen of fuckery, JB Bercy. Hello, Hello. JB.
1: I am so excited to meet JB. Like, He's a legend. I, just, it's so, I love his stories. I'm just so excited. JB's huge, hugely
0: popular with the listeners.
3: Oh, thank
1: you.
0: And JB never misses an episode. You never have, like, JB's off this week, so we have, you know, Arafat working the board. Like, you know, it's always you.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I can't take off. No No one's willing to come in on Saturday besides
0: me well we appreciate your being here i do do buy you a very expensive free bagel every uh the bagel is a great bonus but i
3: actually do enjoy (laughs) coming here oh
0: well uh so i want to talk with you guys first of all i think two weeks ago i never gave you my recommended viewing uh, recommended viewing which has become an important feature to the listeners (laughs) i hear from them that they watch these recommendations and they enjoy them two weeks so um if I said this two weeks ago, I apologize. I don't think I did. I have two recommendations. One is Mucho Mucho Amor, Mm. The Legend of Walter Mercado on Netflix, which is about this fascinating, um, sort of sexually uh, undetermined (laughs) psychic uh, who was huge in Latin America. I mean, as huge as any celebrity you could name. And it's one of those things where like, I didn't know who he was, but most of the world did. And he's a, Really terrific character, and it's a very sweet documentary. The other thing I watched on HBO that I loved was called Mavis, about Mavis Staples, someone who I'm embarrassed I didn't know nearly enough about, did not understand how important she is to the history of American music, and particularly um, uh, soul and R and B. Uh, and she's just, do you are you a Mavis fan, JB? Do you know her?
1: Um, not by name. I have to look at her. Base.
0: She she was oh, incredible. I'll watch that. It's a really inspiring documentary. Um you guys have any recommendations, things you've watched?
1: I'm totally into true crime. I mean, so probably my recommendations. You've In uh, terms of what you commit? <laughs> Again, holding up a mirror to reality. Um, McMillions on HBO is yes. fantastic. Very good. Um, obviously, Unsolved Mysteries. Like, I, And I get so obsessed with them. I get on the Reddit. Did you everything. like the French one? Yes, crazy. So and creepy. And I'm so obsessed with the first one, Ray Rivera. And the him. guy who fell through the
3: roof? Yes. like,
1: yeah. And the Reddit is crazy with different... Conspiracy theories. Yes. Uh, but I'm just obsessed by that. And of course, you know, Making a Murderer. There's also one about the Golden State Killer... On HBO, something about Alone in the Dark, something like that. But it's it's very good, and he just got sentenced to life yesterday.
0: I like that tr- true crime stuff too. JB, anything great that you've watched?
3: So I talked to my mom over the phone for like two hours, and then during the conversation, we found out that we have HBO Max for free. So I've been watching that. Yeah. So I've 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 rewatched the Boondocks great series i always loved it so you can watch it on hbo max and also i took a peek at harley Quinn. This animated series it's really fucking funny if you ever just wanted to watch something truly truly outrageous watch harley quinn
0: (laughs) is it better if you're stoned (laughs)
3: um yeah yeah it's it's still funny it's still funny but it's really funny when you're stoned
0: yeah i mean i have to think that everything you watch you watch while stoned
3: No, I don't I don't do it as often as I should. Oh good. Yeah. No,
0: I think that's a good thing. I think moderation is key. Yeah.
3: For for all things. That's your PSA. Like I quit I (laughs) I quit since January, but then the thing happened. Yeah, I was stuck in the house for too long. (laughs) And I started smoking about like a month ago. So
0: That's what got me smoking again too. But I am trying to limit it. However, I just came back from a week on Fire Island and I may have been stoned. Every day. Oh,
1: my God. Tell me all about it.
0: Fire Island was beautiful. I mean, I had been there two weeks before and had a terrible experience because I stayed, like, in a shitty little hotel. But this time, I was part of a share house with my friend Eric, who's a couple years younger than me, and then a bunch of guys in their early 30s. uh, With whom, for the record, I can no longer keep up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, inside, I feel like I'm in my early 30s, but really... Uh, I can't stay. I mean, these boys. And, you know, we were, we were just staying home. We weren't, like, leaving the house to do anything. We, we cooked all of our own food. We didn't, you know, we didn't go to illegal parties. We didn't do any of that shit. But they were up all night, every night, drinking and doing drugs and laughing and kicking. And Eric and I were basically in bed by 10 o'clock every <laughs> night. And he'd be watching I Love Lucy on his iPad. And I'd be watching, like, Weeds, which I've already seen a 100 times online. <laughs> Um, but it was beautiful. We had a pool. And they didn't
1: leave the house at all.
3: They just party. Barely in the house.
0: anyone left the house. If wow. they did, it was to like walk to the beach or you know maybe get a breakfast sandwich or something. But oh God, I
3: live by the beach, but I don't even go to the beach anymore because so the people are outside. I'm just like, why are you outside?
0: Well, it's safe to be outside if you're distanced from people.
1: But are they are they wearing masks?
0: Not on the beach. Everywhere okay. else, people wear masks. Okay. They're very strict about it, actually. But it was fun. And the best part for me was that uh, Daniel Reichard, a good friend of the show and one of our favorite guests, was out there with his beautiful and charming boyfriend, the choreographer Patrick McCollum. And they came by and visited us one day, you know, just by the pool. And then they invited me to a little cocktail thing they were having by their pool. So, again, this is all outdoors. No one went inside anyone else's house. But, but how close it, did you
1: get to each other?
0: Um, I mean, I did hug them with our masks on, but then we just kind of stayed like six feet apart the rest oh, of the hugged? time.
1: Oh, hugged? Well, like I a... blew both
0: of them. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, that was my dream, actually, but it didn't happen. <laughs> they are so charming and beautiful. And actually, I didn't know this, but they, they do performing uh, the two. I mean, Daniel's a professional um, <clears throat> performer. He sings and acts. But as, the, as a duo, they... They will sing together at parties just for fun, oh. and so they. Daniel brought a little ukulele over, and they sang the song that that Daniel wrote words to. It's an old Hawaiian song, but he rewrote it, and it's called the Fire Island Turnaround. And it's about all the things that happen to you on Fire Island. It is so fucking funny, and they sing it in harmony. And Patrick does sound effects. And one of the lines was like, "Brush your teeth, take your Truvada, clean your <laughs> clean your hole. You know you oughta." Like. It, <laughs> so cute it and funny.
1: Like they need to sing that on the show. I right?
0: know. I know. I said, he, well, he's like, I want to come back. And I was like, the next time you're on the show, you're bringing Patrick and you guys are singing the Fire Island Turnaround. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. Um, we need to talk about Randy Rainbow. Dun,
2: dun, dun.
1: <gasps> this upset me so much.
0: I think we're going to be talking about this a lot today. I'm trying to hit the sad trombone.
1: Oh. Oh. He's such a talent.
0: Randy Rainbow, hugely talented, known um, primarily for making these hilarious musical parodies that are uh, about Trump and his various uh, criminal administration cronies. And um, <clears throat> it came to light this week that um, about 10 years ago, Randy tweeted a, a, a good deal of very offensive jokes, many of which had racial connotations they were uh, racist jokes uh, transphobic jokes one of the things he was accused of was being anti-semitic but he's Jewish so I'm not even going to go into that (laughs) because
3: this is bullshit
0: but um, I'm really not into reading a bunch of offensive tweets on this show but I do feel like people should know the kind of things that were being said and I'm also curious to see if JB laughs at any of these (laughs) so keep your mic on (laughs) Why is it okay – this is Randy Rainbow, not me. Why is it okay to call it a white noise machine, yet offensive to say that I bought it to drown out all the black noise in my building? (laughs) See, I knew JB would laugh. (laughs) JB.
3: No, okay. So, well, boom. Perfect perfect example. It just happened this weekend. My neighbors are having a barbecue with a DJ and everything. I was like, oh, my God. I got to drown this out because I have my windows open. You hear everything. So I understand. Don't
0: judge me. <laughs> I'm gonna read more. Just told a huge African American man busting my chops at the post office to shut the hell up. By the time you read this, I'll be dead.
3: See that? One Not was funny. That funny. Yeah. Just and, offensive. And I
1: think that, that's also the point, right? A lot of these just aren't they're funny terrible at jokes, all, which yeah. makes it even more. The works. first
0: one is a is clever if very racist. Um, this one is all the Mexican guys who go to my gym are so cute. I can't help but fantasize what they would look like life size. (laughs) Once again, that is JB laughing, not Damien nor I.
3: Don't Uh, judge me, y'all. Don't judge me. I'm judging.
0: (laughs) Thank God I'm not Mexican, or all this laziness of mine might elicit some offensive ethnic stereotyping. People can be cruel.
1: You know what? He is lazy. (laughs) Those are lazy jokes. Lazy jokes.
0: And then the last one I'm going to read. I think it might be the most offensive. Um, This snow, I guess it was snowing out. This snow is like all the guys I sleep with. Looks all white and pretty now, but by morning it'll seem more Hispanic and my wallet will be gone. Oh,
3: gross.
0: That doesn't work on any level. only
3: two out of three was funny.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot more, but um, a number of the jokes uh, were about trans people in which he used the T word. Uh, I won't say it, but it rhymes with granny. Um, Again, these are all from about 10 years ago. And... um, So they surfaced, and there was immediately calls to cancel him, and uh, the next day he uh, issued basically an apology and explanation in The Advocate, and uh, I'm going to read that to you. He said, quote, Twitter has recently reminded me about 10 years ago in my maiden quest to be funny, I tweeted some jokes that were completely offensive and insensitive to to look back on them now, especially with no context or nuance and through the prism of where we are in 2020 with racial inequality and the fight for social justice, which I'm proudly a part of, in light of issues that are now at the forefront, which I'm passionate about and have spoken up about over the years, these tweets just sound racist and awful. I'm embarrassed by them. They make me sick to my stomach, in fact, and I, in fact, and I deeply apologize to anyone I offended. He then says that humor was completely different a decade ago and that the world has shifted dramatically since he wrote those tweets. Quote, this kind of edgy shock comedy was not only acceptable, but a prevalent style. He mentioned influences like Joan Rivers and Karen from Will and Grace. He said, quote, I was an aspiring comedian in my 20s working the stages in gay nightclubs where we said the most outlandish, raunchy things we could think of. I was searching for my comedy voice, my persona, and I was emulating the styles and jokes of people that I was seeing in the mainstream. Any jokes that I tweeted around this time were meant to be read in the voice of this character I created. I'm incredibly sorry. I would never intentionally do anything to hurt anyone. I am in no way a racist. I am in no way transphobic. I'm a gay Jew who was brought up in a very open, accepting family. There is not a racist or intolerant bone in my body.
1: I don't think there's a character voice... There is is no character voice that exists that would excuse those tweets and make them funny.
0: Well, let me say this, and I'm not defending any of the tweets because they're indefensible and also, for the most part, not funny, which to me is uh, an equally bad sin in comedy. (laughs) I will say that he's right about a certain aspect of stand up which is that because he and I came up at the same time through through the clubs and there was this movement with Sarah Silverman and Lisa Lampanelli and um I'm trying to think Bill Burr of uh, of people being shockingly offensive on purpose but it was ironic right so mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman her whole act was a character mm who was grossly offensive and also clueless about the fact that she was being offensive. And we laughed because we knew that like we were in on the joke. We knew that like, this wasn't who she was at all. Mm -hmm. I do get it. And, and at that time, 10 years ago and 15 years ago for me, I did tell jokes on stage that had they been captured on video and shown today would cancel me. I I don't believe that I'm racist. I certainly would never meant to hurt anyone, but what, what people considered funny was very different. Listen, at my show at Therapy, we used to have, uh, every performer that came up to the stage had a theme song because I'd have the same performers over and over again and sound effects. And like for Helen Hong, we would play like that offensive, stereotypical Chinese uh, melody and then we'd hit a gong sound (laughs) effect. And she laughed and the audience laughed and she even would reference the gong in her, set, she'd be like, that goddamn gong follows me everywhere. I go into a job interview, and all of a sudden, and then we'd hit the gong set. We felt comfortable doing it, because we felt like Mm -hmm. the the people of color are laughing with us, and they're okay with Mm -hmm. it. It just was a different mentality. It doesn't mean that it was right then, and it certainly isn't right now. But I do get what he's saying. I know. On the other hand, it's not a good idea, after you've been caught tweeting racist things, to say, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Every white person has some racism in them. You can't be part of this culture. You can't grow up in the United States with its history of genocide and its history of slavery and, and Jim Crow and systematic oppression and go, I, but I'm not part of any of that. I'm, right. I'm immune to all of that. We, we all grew up here. We all, it doesn't matter who your parents were or how hard you tried not to be racist. We all, we all have to own it. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that has accepted the status quo, which is black people being oppressed, murdered in the streets by cops, denied equal housing. I, I, I've been okay with that, apparently, for most of my life. So how can I say I have no racism in me? Right. You know, and, and I think he needs to own that.
1: Totally. I mean, I you know, his apolog- he should have started with the apology. He kind of, like, went into the explanation of why he did it, but he should have just really um, owned it, and can we please stop cancel culture like Thank that is you. it is it is not uh, it is not healthy for society. we all have to learn from our mistakes we all have to evolve from them, and we have to give people the space to do that now some people don 't, and that 's a different story, but just immediately canceling them we 're not going to evolve
0: well and that 's the other thing people are saying is that we have to stop treating our, our, perf- our comedians like, like politicians and our politicians like comedians. That's something Will Rogers said mm-hmm. once upon a time. Randy Rainbow is a satirist. He does have a lot of followers, and in that sense, he's got power. But he doesn't make laws. He doesn't vote on laws. He doesn't set policy. Right. We have an actual white supremacist in the White House who tweets out racist shit every hour. That should be our sole focus right now, Trump and other people with political power who are actually causing people to suffer and die. Randy Rainbow is not causing anyone to suffer and die. That's not to say that if you're offended by him, you have to keep listening to him or following him or having anything to do with him. You can cancel him if you want. That's fine. But why do we hold people like Randy Rainbow to a higher standard than we hold our president and our senators it's just not. I, I I think people are wasting energy. Not that that, that that these don't deserve an answer. They do, and I'm glad he said something. And I really hope it doesn't sound like I'm defending him because I'm I'm torn about this whole thing.
1: Uh, people I, are so angry, and directing it at the president seems to be falling on deaf. or well, has been falling on deaf ears. And you know, you see, it's palpable the anger that people feel right now. It's it's the milieu. It's the, yeah. it's the environment. And so something like this happens, and then suddenly all of that anger gets directed to um, you know, one person at, as being emblematic of a of a bigger problem, but I agree with you. He's very, very <clears throat> talented, and you know, I, well, I'm confident he'll grow.
0: And this. also, he points this out in the Advocate article. Th- he wasn't exposed by anyone who gives a shit about racism. Right. He was exposed by someone who was pro Trump and wanted to can- wanted him to be canceled so that his voice would be silenced because right. he's an important voice against Trump. He really is. And. That's why this is all so painful, because it's like, I can't defend him. I can't defend the tweets. The jokes were stupid. They were offensive. They were racist. They weren't funny. But he's really important right now in, in the conversation about, about Trump. He's, he exposes truths about this administration in a hilarious musical way. So what do we do with him now? And I, it's funny. I, I posted about this on the Adam Sank Show page. I didn't give any opinion. I just said, I want to know what you guys think. And it was about 50-50 with some people saying, like, fuck him and, you know, cancel him. And the other half being like, you know what? He's a comedian. This was 10 years ago. These are jokes. You know, we have bigger fish to fry. And I noticed that the majority of people in the latter group were people of color. Mm. There are a lot of people of color that listen to this show, which is something I'm very proud of because, you know, I don't want it to just be like the white guy hour. Right. And they seem to be the ones who were like, eh.
3: Who Cause, gives a okay, shit? Because we, we get it. And here's, here's why I'm going to say this. Um, that's 10 years ago. I know, guys, we all probably said some awful, terrible shit 10 yep. years ago that we don't want to be drudged up again. This man has changed from the 10 years he wrote that Hardly. to becoming an advocate. I don't understand why he needs to be canceled. I do understand he needs to apologize. That's fine. But to go to jump down his throat when the man is doing so much good now, it, it makes no sense. His actions speak louder than his words. That's, that's what's more important to me. That's why I see at this moment.
0: Do you think an apology? Do you think it was a good apology?
3: I uh, the, I mean he apologized. It's fine. I do I feel I deserve apology. To people, some people need to be coddled. So yes, he needs to apologize. I me personally, no, because I'm pretty sure someone did up shit I did ten years ago. I I would also feel bad, but it happened. I can't change when that happened. Yeah, or I can only do better. Like, I've been doing better now.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's a nuanced and difficult discussion, but I think he will survive. I, I, I'm very f- closely following the reaction to this. So I went on, I've been looking at his Twitter feed and looking at the comments, and it, and it is about 50-50, mm. with half the people saying, like, fuck you, you're a racist, you should die, and the other half being like, guys, look at everything Randy Rainbow's done Since those tweets and how many times he's spoken out against racism and for Black Lives Matter. And, you know, why would someone who really holds these views in his heart spend so much time and effort trying to destroy Trump and people like Trump? It it doesn't Uh, really make sense.
1: Totally. And just, you know, a holier than thou attitude like jb was saying you know we've all made mistakes and we're hopefully all better people because of those mistakes and we've evolved from them um you know you shouldn't really judge someone on the mistake they make judge them more on how they make amends from it or how they how they move on from it and you know i think i think this isn't the last we'll hear from randy about this situation um but let his current work speak for the person he is today and also how he chooses to resolve, you know, this situation.
0: Well, someone else who's apologizing right now is a Cincinnati Reds broadcaster named Tom Brenneman. He was commenting, commentating on Wednesday night. This is like the first sports story we've done in a year. (laughs) Uh, This was a game between the Cincinnati Reds and the Kansas City Royals. Brenneman thought that he was not on... uh, uh, that, that they weren't live, that they were in commercial, and he said this. Take a listen. You got it, Jamie? Yeah. The
3: fag
2: capitals of the world. Red's Live, the pregame show, presented by <laughs> Ray St. Clair Roofing.
0: So in case you missed it, just apropos of seemingly nothing, he said the fag capital of the world. Which leads me to question,
1: where is the fag capital of the world, and why am I not there right now? Maybe he was talking about New York in the show. You know, doesn't does seem to be ground zero.
0: The Adam Sank Show is the fag capital of the world. I mean, is it Provincetown? Is it San Francisco? Is it uh, uh, Amsterdam? Where is the fag capital? I know. Capital? I would like to know.
1: He did say it with
3: a lot of gusto. Just Real anger. Anger. anger fag, you know, fag capital. Well, maybe he wants a fag inside of him. Maybe that's why he's so angry.
0: Wow. Well, Probably. So anyway, uh, a little later on, he went on the air and said this. This is still during the game.
3: Castellanos
2: to leave things off. Jim Day is going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. As Holland takes over on the mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a
3: deep left field by Castellanos, <laughs> that will be a home run. Ah, that's the weirdest part.
0: I love how the commentating continues yes, he just, in the middle of the apology. I
3: need to say this before you guys continue. This is fuckery. It is.
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, so because it's
3: by Fox, I just hate FYI. and
0: I hate when someone says I'm a man of faith because that just means I believe in the Bible and that's why you're all fags and you're going to hell.
1: I know it felt like a justification for for what he said.
3: If you saw his face, it looked like it. His orange-looking self.
0: So he, <laughs> so he, he didn't. They didn't even let him complete the game. That was like the last thing he said. They brought on like a p- a pit, pitch hitting commentator, and he's now suspended. Some people are calling for his firing. He's apologized again. Glad calls his apology wholly inadequate. Mm. Um, But, um, you know, again, that wasn't a tweet from 10 years ago. That was uh, live on the air today. And and the
1: way he was talking, it it sounded a lot like all he wanted to do was save his job. Like, I think he even said, this is the last time I'm going to be wearing this microphone. At one point he says, I apologize to to my employers. And the person who signs my paycheck.
3: Yes, yes. Again, he, he works with Fox. So. It's,
1: and it's interesting to see the, the, the apologies and the tone in it, you know, especially when they go to the place of self-preservation, yeah. rather, than, rather than just total focus on who they're hurting. Well, on
0: the theme of people uh, destroying their career, a voice actor named Stuart Baker... Who uh, apparently has been on a, an animated show called Squidbillies for the last fifteen years? Who knew there was a show called Squidbillies? Do you know oh my it? God,
3: yes. Okay. So I again, I grew up as a nerd. So my nerd times watched cartoon network at a certain time, turned to Adult Swim, and that's where Robot Chicken happened. Reruns of yes. Family Guy and the Squidbillies was also there. It was so it was just three hours of retarded cartoons. Uh, we, we don't say do, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. JB is canceled. I am canceled now. (laughs) But if you watch the Squidbillies, you would use the same word because it was... uh. Well, Stuart
0: Baker (laughs) played the role of uh, someone named Early Kyler for 15 years. And um, this is such a fucked up story. So we have to start with Dolly Parton. This story is about Dolly Parton, Black Lives Matter, and a voice actor named Stuart Baker. Here we go. Dolly Parton was giving an interview to Billboard, and she was asked about... Black Lives Matter and about how she would feel about removing the word Dixie from one of the attractions at Dollywood. So Dolly Parton said, of course, Black Lives Matter. Do we think our little white asses are the only ones that matter? No. And regarding Dixie, amen. amen. And when, and regarding Dixie, she said, when they said Dixie was an offensive word, I thought, well, I don't want to offend anybody. This is a business. As soon as you realize that that's a problem, you should fix it. So Dolly's, like, saying all the right things, oh, doing Dixie's all the right things. Oh,
3: offensive word? What, what does it
0: Dixie, mean? Uh, you know, the South uses Dixie a lot as, like, a way to celebrate, like, pre-Civil War South, like, Dixieland.
3: I thought Dixie Cups, like, the people who make the paper plate.
0: No, it's like it, there's a song way down south in the land of Dixie. And you know. Whistling Dixie. It, it's all like celebrating slavery and celebrating white supremacy. Oh, the Dixie and, Chicks
1: changed their name to just the to, Chicks. To the to Chicks, take out the right. Dixie. Oh. I know, I learned about this too.
0: So, Bolly Parton gives this lovely interview where she supports Black Lives Matter. And Baker says, posts to his Facebook page in response, so now this freak-titted... Old Southern bimbo is a Black Lives Matter lover. Remember, slut, rednecks made you a millionaire. Facebook removed the post for violating community guidelines. And Baker, of course, interpreted that as an attack on his free speech. So then he posted, can't speak your mind on here, huh? So sad to see we're in the land of free speech. One last note, Dolly Parton is a self-racist. There, done. But he wasn't done. Instead, he then posted, I'm sorry to hear that all of you you liberal careers are going down the shitter. Better luck next time when you come back as a Republican. But he still wasn't done. Then he wrote, Facebook deleted my post of Dolly Parton, who supports Black Lives Matter, saying, do you think our little white asses are the only ones who matter? Voice your opinions and see if they get deleted. So then Comedy Central found out about this. And wrote, we're aware of the extremely offensive and derogatory social media posts made late last week by Stort Baker. The The views he expressed do not reflect our own personal views or values. For those reasons, production of Squidbillies will continue without Mr. Baker, effective immediately. So then this piece of shit wrote, folks, I've been fired from my cartoon show, lost my endorsements, and my chance of ever being booked by any music venue As Unknown Hinson, again, I guess that's his alter ego. I just hope you assholes are happy. You took a good man and talent down. You succeeded. Be proud that you ruined a person's life all because of the freak show called Dolly Parton and Black Lives Matter. Thanks a lot. I I gave my best to you assholes for over 30 years. I guess you just love to kick someone when they're down. That's so twisted and perverted. Again, thanks. I'll remember you bastards.
1: This person doesn't even deserve our time talking about him right (laughs) you know like this is a moment where it's not just a mistake and and let them evolve although i do hope that um he finds whatever is wrong with him or you know works through that and you know becomes a better human being but just turn away just turn away This person does not deserve airtime. I am
3: not surprised because, again, if you watch the show Squidbillies, it's just it's about a bunch of octopus who live in the South, and they are the (laughs) raunchiest white redneck squids ever. And that's what the show is about. I hate a redneck squid. So I am not surprised he said this. This is not surprising to me. Like that whole show was like that show showed me what rural white America was.
0: And and you know what? That's fine if they're all playing characters, but you can't like attack Dolly Parton, attack Black Lives Matter, and expect that like there's not going to be any consequences. I'm I'm
3: glad he got canceled. I don't feel bad. Fuck you. This is fun. He
0: came for Dolly. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Bye-bye. She
3: didn't do nothing but just have her big titties (laughs) and sing.
0: Bye, asshole. Or as I like to say on Facebook, bye, shithead. (laughs) Um, I just want to mention quickly, very, very sad news this week. Chi-Chi Devane... uh, from so drag Race, Died at the age of 34.
1: So, so sad.
0: From pneumonia. I wish Ryan were here because he could give Chi-Chi a, a proper eulogy. She was much loved.
1: She was, and she was incredibly talented. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, and this is coming off the back of um, Lady Rick Couture's death as well. Yeah. I, she, I, I just fell in love with her. I found her on Hey Queen, and, um, and, but Chi-Chi just... Uh, I'm hot, barking.
0: Very sad. So rest in peace, Chi-Chi Devane. And finally, um, JB, after this, we can do the uh, the commercial and then get our guest on the phone. Uh, Cher has volunteered to work at the Malibu post office.
3: <laughs> I am so proud of Cher.
0: Cher tweeted, can people volunteer at the post office? <laughs> then her next tweet said, no, I'm not kidding. Could I volunteer at my post office? And then the next tweet said, Is no one going to help me with post office? (laughs) Finally, she tweeted, Okay, called two post offices in Malibu. They were polite. I said, Hi, this is Cher. And I'd like to know if you ever take volunteers. The lady said she didn't know and gave me the number of supervisor. I called and said, Hi, this is Cher. Do you accept volunteers? She said, No, need fingerprints and background check. Oh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> can you imagine? Like the okay, I'd like to send this economy.
0: Oh, i would to do first class. I'm share bitch. Right? Like I'd like to buy some stamps. I'm share bitch. <laughs> she wanted to volunteer because our post office is being destroyed systematically by yeah. Donald Trump's Postmaster General in an attempt to to uh, uh, suppress the vote, the mail vote. So she's like, I'll do anything I can to help. <laughs> and so then the Lincoln Project tweeted, "Share for Postmaster General." All right, JB, I'm feeling sexy right now. How about you? Damien, are you feeling sexy? Oh, yeah. You know that feeling when you want your dick to do its best, but you don't think it's really
1: up to the job yet? This is a window into your psyche that I'm not comfortable with. (laughs)
0: Listen up. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved. I'm going to try that again because they're paying me. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Turn down that music just a touch. Right now, we've got a special deal for ass listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ASS. That's A-S-S. All you pay is $5 shipping, and the shipment is free. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, Damien, this is important. They work up to twice as fast as a pill. Whoa. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Um, full disclosure, I may have taken a Blue Chew this past week on Fire Island, and it may have worked quite well.
1: With someone in the house?
0: Maybe. <laughs> Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go into the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. Mmm, Package. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house, which is perfect for Damien, because he never does leave the house. (laughs) Right now. Don't forget about our special deal. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code As You just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E. Chew, CHEW.com, promo code ASS to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, faster, cheaper choice, and we want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, Blue Chew. Remember, when you buy from Blue Chew, you're not only helping your dick, you're helping the ass.
1: Oh, Love. Maya Angelou, right here.
0: But here's, wait, where's my Maya? Greetings. <laughs> Whenever my penis needs a lift, I try Blue Chew.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: I just took a sip
3: of water. Now I'm going to be
0: canceled. Am I still allowed to do my Maya Angelou impersonation? It's I, fucking good.
3: It is good. It's good. I mean, listen, you're not saying anything racist while doing my Angelou. No. Oh, it's my fine. God. You're, yeah.
0: Geez. I'm honoring Maya. her. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The only three impressions I can do are Maya, Harvey Fierstein, and Marge Simpson. So. <laughs>
1: uh, and look at the career it's gotten you. I mean, come on. Look at me. I'm a star.
0: Okay. Someone who really is. Does she have polyps on her? No, that's Harvey. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Someone who really. Did you think that was Marge? (laughs) No. Marge sounds like this. There you go. (laughs) I find it very (laughs) ironic. Okay, enough with this shit. Our our guest today is coming on the ass for the third time. Regular listeners will recognize his voice as the guy who said, I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. He's a DJ, a drag queen, and an author whose latest book is an homage to the vintage 70s porn mags that Damien and I are both old enough to remember. Please give a warm ass welcome all the way from sunny Cherry Grove on New York's, New York's Fire Island, Greg Scarnici. Greg? Greg, are you there? Greg? Greg? Are you there? What's going on, JB? I don't
3: know. He he was on the phone. Did you have him? I did have him. He lost signal in the meat rack.
0: Greg, are you in the meat rack? If you can hear us, we can't hear you. Is the volume up?
3: Yes, the volume's up. Greg? There we go.
0: I'm here. Oh! Oh. Sorry, JB fucked up.
3: (laughs) I did. My bad.
0: (laughs) Greg, are you in the meat rack? Damien wants to know.
3: If only,
2: no. There's no reception over there, so I'm on the, ah. my top of my bedroom in the corner hoping this call doesn't drop.
0: Well, now that we can hear you, you sound wonderful. Oh, thank you very much. How is everyone today? We are great. great. Greg, this book, Hot Rods, is essentially a book of photography in which you and other male models pose in very sexually provocative positions. There's, there's even penis and ass shots And um, you're styled as 1970s porn icons. Why why on earth did you do this?
2: Well, a few years ago, there was this guy who had a sort of like secondhand shop here in Cherry Grove. Mm -hmm. And he stumbled upon this collection of all these old vintage gay porn magazines. And everyone would bring them here as like gifts when they would come to stay with me. And I just fell in love with them because they were so over the top. And bizarre. Like, it felt felt like they were worrying more about the style of how they were designing the layouts than the actual porn. Wow. And the guys that they would use were just like, they were just so regular. It was like they found two vagrants on the beach and were like, hey, here's 10 bucks. You want to do a porn shoot? <laughs> Which is so different from like the manicured porn we see today. And I was like, this is ripe for the picking. Yeah,
0: I, it's funny. I remember I came out in the late 80s and, and I was at the University of Michigan. And there was one adult bookshop within a hundred miles. It was in ipsilani, and so we would drive there to like rent porn and buy these magazines and I remember they had old magazines that were from the late seventies that they had like bundled you could buy like three for five dollars. So I remember actually jerking off to this you're my age did you did you actually look at these when for I was for stimulation
2: more of the No, I was actually more of the era, like, when Inches was a big thing in the 90s. Mm. I think they still are. And Man Shots. So those are the ones that I would buy at the porn shop. But but weren't
0: those around since the 70s?
2: I think Inches was, like, early 80s, and Man Shots was definitely late 80s, because it was basically covering the porn movies that were shot.
0: So was there a particular magazine that inspired you to create Hot Rods? Is it based on one magazine?
2: No, there's like six or seven because they all have different things. A lot of them were very text heavy. Some of them just had like text on the photos, and I used that for this book. So it was like an amalgam of, oh, that's a really cool layout. Let me try and replicate that. Or, oh, that's a cool design. Let me do that. So I would say there were about 10 books that I, let's say, uh, got inspired by.
0: So tell us about the process of, of shooting the photos and, and creating. Uh, it's 100 pages. So you, this, I would imagine this took a while.
2: It was sort of like, I was, I've been talking about doing this for years, and I would just tell my friends, hey, if you're on the island like, and you have two hours, you want to be in this? And they're like, yeah, sure. It was really just kind of casual, and I wrote pathetic, really sad storylines of what we were going to shoot, like obvious things like having sex in the knee And they would come over, and my friend used his iPhone in portrait mode, <laughs> and we'd shoot for two hours, and it was kind of just loose and easy. The only one that got a little interesting was I was shooting with, Alex Meekum, who's an actual porn star at the Belvedere. And I was like, okay, so now is when I'm going to be like, pretending to suck your dick. And he's like, well, you're down there. You could just put it in your mouth. <laughs> it into, Like actual porn. Yeah. I mean, me, like, I like that's a dick. friend. Yeah, I had to assume that <laughs> looking
0: at some of the pictures, I mean, there's one where someone's eating someone else's ass. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, they're just having sex. Like, this is real.
2: That one was definitely, we turned into, like, having sex. No penetration, but just about everything else. And the funny thing was that everybody at the Belvedere was, like, hanging out around the gym, like, watching us and getting hard. Of
0: course. Now, we should all say
2: this was pre-COVID. Oh, yeah, last year. I I was going to try to do a second edition this summer, but that got thrown out the window.
0: But what's fun about the book is, I mean, so you shot it all over Fire Island, and... Um, for those of us who know the island, we can recognize exactly where you are, but the thing about Fire Island is it really hasn't changed since the 70s. Mm-hmm. The Belvedere was there then, and it hasn't been re- refurnished or, or updated in any <laughs> way, and the meat rack looks like the meat rack, and the beach looks like the beach, so the setting looks very um, authentic, because it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, even the interior of the houses, everybody's house looks like it could have been late 60s or early 70s, so... That was the thing that made it so easy to just replicate, because like you said, it could have been 70s, 80s, 90s. That's sort of what I always say about Cherry Grove, when people are like, oh, I haven't been there in 10 years. I'm like, nothing has changed. changed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, Now, in the book, not only do you have photos, but you have these cheesy storylines, which were very common in those kinds of magazines, where there'd be a little... and, And by the way, because I'm such a word person, I used to jerk off to the stories more than the pictures. That's how weird I am. Me too. But um, because Damien has a funny Australian accent, I'm oh. going to ask him. This is uh, number three under interview questions. This would be Damien.
1: funnier in your Maya Angelou voice.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we'll try it in Maya's. But first, let's hear uh, Damien read <clears> it. Uh, this is from Greg Scarnici's book, Hot Rods.
1: Rock needed a break and decided to... Re- you mean retire? There's all kinds of copy editing
0: errors. Just ah. go with it.
1: I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> Get closer to the mic. To then. the lounge area at the Belvedere to collect himself. Laying down hurt, though, because his anal cavity had been so abused over the past 15 minutes in the gym. But as soon as he saw Cody's bulbous man root, he was ready for round two or three. He couldn't keep score anymore. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy.
0: When I saw the word man-root, I immediately thought of Damien because rooting is what you guys say for fucking, exactly. right? In so Australia. when you
1: guys are cheering for someone, it's very funny to us. <laughs> <laughs> rooting.
0: Okay, I'll do it as Maya. Rock... <laughs> I have to start by saying greetings. Rock needed a break and decided to repair to the lounge area at the Belvedere to collect himself. Laying down her, though... Because his anal cavity had been so abused over the past 15 minutes in the gym. It's good, either is way. you're drunk? Well, Maya always... So <laughs> She's a little high. Maya always had a little bit of a slur uh, going on, particularly as she would get to the end of a sentence. That was something that I noticed. But, um,
2: You've done a very good character study on it. I
0: really have. Well, everything I do is based on her appearances on Oprah and uh, the poem she read at Bill Clinton's inauguration when, uh, at the end when she says, On this day, you can truly look into <laughs> your brother's face and into your sister's eyes and say, with reverence, good morning. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Greg, back to you. Um, actually, this is a good time to ask about Livonia Jenkins. <laughs>
2: So, Greg- Newly married.
0: Livonia's, Livonia's newly married? Yes. Who'd she marry?
2: She married Anthony Ciccone, no relation to Madonna's homeless brother.
0: Oh, perfect. And Livonia just turned 50, too, right?
2: She just turned 51, yes.
0: Oh, so happy birthday to both of you. So, listen, um, Livonia, we, we've been talking about cancel culture, we've been talking about uh, racial sensitivities. Livonia is a character you've been doing for at least 10 years, and- right?
2: Yeah, 10 years.
0: And she's kind of a messy, bearded drag queen with a shag wig, and she does funny songs and music videos. And I have never, and I'm just being honest, I have never gotten any sense that you were impersonating a black woman or that Livonia was supposed to be a black character. But you've recently faced accusations of racism um, regarding this persona.
2: Out here in Cherry Grove, it was from someone that refused to, like, actually tell me who they were. It came through somebody else. And I just, you know, it forced me at this time when we're all supposed to be thinking about what we do to be very sensitive and say, wait, if this is the impression that this one person is getting, who is not from New York, who doesn't understand, like, my humor or everything that I do related to the fact that Livonia is very the five boroughs and very New York City. Maybe and I white. just make a few changes. Yeah. And white, completely, yeah.
0: Lavonia is a white character, so, let's be clear.
2: Yeah, what it all boiled down to is what she referred to as, like, my black scent, because Lavonia like, tries to keep hip, and she uses really outdated, ridiculous hip-hop expressions. Like, everybody's going to be coming over tonight, and it's, like, ridiculous that this person thinks she's hip. Sort of like Fergie, who was my inspiration for Livonia, because it's like... Oh yeah, she's all into hip hop, and but she talks like that culture, and I just find it so ridiculous. And so I was like, let me just address this. And if people have an issue with me using certain phrases that way, I could easily change it because her persona is not about that. Right. So how so are I just you? Want to be sensitive and say that I listen to people.
0: Are you changing the character in any way?
2: She's not going to say everybody, and that's about it, because nothing else is like can be conceived in any other way.
0: Right. I think part of it was, was the name, right? Somebody said they thought Lavonia Jenkins sounded like a black woman's name.
2: Exactly. When I put it on Facebook, if I wanted to be public about this and not just like hide it, like secretly change the name or whatever, I said, you know, people of color, all my friends, people that are my fans, what do you guys think? And three people said, yeah, whenever I first heard the name, I thought it was a black person. And then I saw it wasn't. and I was like, oh, that's interesting and bizarre. But then I didn't think twice about it. I was like, hey, if, if that's the issue people have, she's going to get married. And now she's Livonia Ciccone.
0: Oh, I see. So are you now officially changing
2: the character's name? She's just going to go by Livonia now, single like Madonna and Prince, because she's a diva just like them. I think that's very smart. Um, yeah, and it's also easy to do. Like, everyone should be thinking about what they do as far as, anything related to race right now, after what happened with George Floyd, right? So I'm a sensitive person, and I said, I'm going to give this some weight and address it. And then the funny thing is, when I asked to speak to this person, she's like, or he, I'm not sure who it was, um, he needs to speak to a black woman of color about this. So I literally spoke to about 15, and they were all like, we would have called you out 10 years ago if we thought that there was any kind of race at play. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. I bet you it's a white knight that's trying to say that they're fighting racism by attacking a drag queen in Cherry Grove instead of going for white supremacists. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, I feel fine, but I'll still make a few changes. And they're like, not too many though.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it is a very sensitive time. We started this hour talking about Randy Rainbow and all of his unfortunate tweets from 10 years ago. And um, I do think there's a reckoning going on right now. It's an important reckoning. It has to happen um, people of color do need to speak up if they see something that they feel is demeaning or offensive. But uh, I think the important thing is that you did reach out to to people of color that knew the character and and sort of you know were reassured that they were perfectly fine with what was happening with 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 the way the character was being portrayed. Um, I want to get back to the book, and I'm wondering if. Uh, You feel like from that era, that late 70s era to now, like, has gay sexuality changed? Is what turns us on and what we find sexy changed in in the last 40 years?
2: I think it's the same tropes that keep coming up, like the daddy, the jock, the twink. And although they might be slightly twinked, it's sort of like the same ideas.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering, I feel like it
2: used to be athletic jockstraps and now it's like the nasty pig ones, but it's a fucking jockstrap.
0: Yeah. I wonder, because I do think porn has changed when I think about the porn I watched then versus the porn I watch now, um, or maybe just, I have changed.
2: <laughs> I believe Say the it, porn has changed. Like oh <laughs> there was a time I feel about five or 10 years ago when everyone had to be gorgeous in porn. But yes. I think due to the internet, that's been equalized. And now you could find porn that features any type of person you might be attracted to. That is
0: true. It's true. I was, the other day, I, was, I really wanted to see some leather daddies uh, having bareback sex. That was kind of what I was in the mood for. And I stumbled across um, videos of very large men. I mean enormously large. And I was like, okay, this isn't quite what I was looking for, but this is great for people who are into this, that it exists,
2: (laughs) you know? Everything is out there nowadays, things you didn't even know people were into. There's like 100,000 views on the videos.
0: There's something for everyone. All right, on that note, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions.
2: (laughs) Ask Me (laughs) No no Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah.
0: Greg Scarnici, who's the hottest gay porn star of all time?
2: Joey Stefano.
0: Oh, Joey. Oh, wait, I take it
2: back. Al Parker. Who's Al Parker. Al Parker was this really hot bearded guy in the 70s. That's just like classically handsome. Wow. Look him up. Very obscure. I will.
0: Number two, if you could only take part in one gay sex act over and over again for the rest of your life, which act would it be?
2: I guess sucking dick. I love sucking dick. More than getting sucked. Yeah. No, I love them both, but I like a dick down my throat.
0: Uh, We know this from previous uh, appearances. (laughs) JB, what would you say?
3: Um, you know what? I'm tired of sucking dick. I just want someone to eat my cakes all the time.
0: Get your ass eaten. Mm -hmm. Damien.
3: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I plead the
0: fifth. You are such a (laughs) prude. I think I would, mine would be getting blown if I could find someone who would keep doing it over and over again for the rest of my life. I
1: was actually distracted looking up Al (laughs) Park. What do you think? He threw me the question. Well, there you go.
0: Oh, he is sexy. He looks a little like uh, Frank Liotti now that Frank has lost all the weight. Uh, number three, describe the smell of your armpits at this moment.
2: White Castle hamburgers.
0: Oh, really?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why do they smell mm. like meat? Um, they smell like onions, because I had a Mexican last night. That's so gross. Gre- Greg is not
0: a fan of deodorant. <laughs> He's into man funk. Um, Greg, I'm going to give you an F. Mary Kale porn star edition. You have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Rocco Steele, Phoenix, we- Phoenix Fellington... Austin Wolf.
2: Oh God! I guess I would marry Rocco Steele. Mm. Fuck Austin Wolf and kill the one that I don't even know who he
0: is. Phoenix Um The correct answer yes. is marry Rocco, fuck Phoenix, and kill Austin.
2: Okay, but you Thank were close. You for schooling me, what,
0: <laughs> Greg. What's the wildest place you ever had sex in real life, not in the book Hot Rods?
2: I guess it would be on a garbage can on the boardwalk here in Cherry Grove at, like, five in the morning.
0: So, when you say on a garbage can, like, on on the lid?
2: Well, the guy, like, sat on it, and I plowed him out with his legs in the air while he was sitting on the garbage can.
0: No, I would think the garbage can would tip over during all that, uh, you know, friction. Or, Or collapse.
2: It was very, very sturdy.
0: Wow. I mean... I don't know. Do I want to be fucked on a garbage can? I have I mean I've had sex in men's room bathrooms. You I guess that's you <laughs>
3: Oh no. I guess fine.
0: I guess a men's room bathroom is even worse than a garbage can. At least you weren't in the I garbage kind of can. Missed
2: the, um, I miss the men's room hookups.
0: Oh, they're so fun. Back when like mega clubs were a thing.
2: Mm. No, like four months ago before the fucking pandemic. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys know this app called Niffies? Sniffies. Sniffies is this sort of like grinder or scruff that you can only access via the internet, like Explorer or whatever you have on your iPhone, and it's geo-based, and it's all about like finding guys to have sex in public.
0: Why is it called Sniffies?
2: I have no idea, but it works. It's So gross. <laughs> <laughs> How many? This like all the bathrooms and public places you can meet guys and they right.
0: You sort of mentioned this earlier, but how many of the models in your book have you actually hooked up with?
2: Um, one
0: and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the half the blowing that went on during the photo shoot?
2: Um, no, that went a little further. So we'll call that like sex. And then Stephen Hart, the other porn star, was like it was sort of going there, and then we're like, we're on the beach. Let's just keep the PG. Yeah.
0: Uh, but you guys were completely naked in public. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Did Are you just completely free and easy having your ass open to the wind?
2: Ass open to the wind. Um, <laughs> Stick it in. Here I am. Normally, no. Like, I like to have a bathing suit when I go here in Cherry Grove to the beach, but I'm like, I'm shooting a scene. It's kind of fun. I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with everyone seeing my ass. But, uh, you know, it's like my dick, when it's soft, it's so small. It's like an Well, how inch. do you think
2: I felt, and I'm like working with a porn star with a giant fucking horse-hung <laughs> dick. Yeah. That's why in the book I have his dick in front of mine. And like a dot, that way it hides my little fucking peanut.
1: <laughs> Yours is like an inny penis. From but but I really, mine does grow.
0: <laughs> I mean, mine grows substantially. When people see it hard, they're like, oh, that's acceptable.
2: I have the same thing that's not same a, with me. That's a not a grain actual. of rice.
0: That's an actual baby <laughs> carrot. Uh, what's the first thing, Greg, what's the first thing you're going to do when the pandemic ends?
2: I think I'm going to go dancing, believe it or not. I miss going to nightclubs and dancing with my friends.
0: I do, too. You know, we had What one, about you? Well, we had one night in the Fire Island house. I was just uh, in the Pines for a week where we created our own dance club and my friend Eric curated like a hundred song playlist and put up lights and we were so excited. And all these little 30 somethings we, play- we were staying with showed up in the room to dance and they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, we got to go. And they were like running off, doing costume changes, jumping in the hot tub, having sex with each other. We were like, can we all just stay in the same room and dance for a few minutes? The younger generation doesn't get that.
1: Life in your 60s versus life in your 30s. That's
0: right. Greg, your new book, Hot Rods, is only available at gregscarnici.com. Why is it only available on your website?
2: It's really strange. I usually put out my books through Amazon, and I approached them before this whole project was being shot to make sure they would put this out, because they also published my sex and drag book, which is a parody of Madonna sex book that's filled with fake sex as well. Mm. And they're like, yeah, no problem, no problem at all. So when I submitted it and went to publish it, I got a notice that said that I violated all their
0: That's um, ridiculous. content regulations. Probably because it shows cock. Well, go to gregscarnici.com and order Hot Rods. It's great fun. It's sexy. It makes a great gift. How can people follow you on the interwebs?
2: Mm, Greg Scarnici, basically everywhere. G R E G S D A R N I C I. Greg, thank you so
0: much for being on. Best of luck with the book. Damien, do you want to plug yourself? Do you want people to follow you? There is <laughs> there is nothing to plug. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no home. <laughs> I'll be here next week. Yes, J- Damien will be back next week. JB, plug yourself.
3: At Stocking Anarchy 12, only on Instagram.
0: Thank you, JB. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Greg Scarnici. Damien, as he just said, will be back next Saturday. Tune in to hear another brand new ass with the world's greatest Trump impersonator, comedian J.L. Calvin, or Covan, actually. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta, at adamsank. Have a great week, bitches. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.